Welcome everyone to Encyclopod. I'm your host, Sean DeRager. I am the managing editor of Encyclopocalypse Publications. Very excited about today's show. Uh, Mark Allen Miller, the founder and brains behind this whole outfit, gets to join us. So I'm very excited to bring him in. Uh, and then we are going to be talking to the great Richard Elf- Elfman uh, about his new book, The Schlamazel of Sabrine. He'll he'll let me know if I said that right or not. <laughs> but first, let's bring Mark in here. Uh, Mark, oh, I brought all three of you guys in. Hey, well, we're doing it. Let's go, everybody. Uh, <laughs> we're potting. Mark, welcome. Richard, welcome. See, no matter how many times I do this, I still screw up the the all the specifics of the whole. I don't have like some producer to do this for me. I need to hire a producer, Mark. Well, I don't know how you're doing any of this, so I think. <laughs> so Richard, Encyclopod! Ah! <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's what we needed. That's absolutely what we needed. I love how all the, how all these things connect, right? So Joshua Milliken came in to to write his debut novel. Novel. Uh, I knew he was, uh, he had had these wonderful dinners, uh, with you that he, that he had let me know about. He mentioned to you, he helped connect us, Mark. We all went out and, uh, had a little meeting over at Richard's and it was wonderful. And in fact, I think the last 15 minutes of Josh and I's conversation, we just talked about, um, Richard's cooking. <laughs> well, well, I mean, why would you talk about anything else once you've sampled Richard's <laughs> Well, I, 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 I call myself a refined Neanderthal. I grill anything that walks, swims, grows, or flies. And I cook for my cast and crews. Yeah, you, uh, and, and you've, uh, you ran a food magazine as well. Is that, uh, is that right? No, no, no. It was uh, culture and entertainment. Culture and entertainment. Oh, yeah, yeah, but you yeah. Are, you are a chef of some renown. Well, I... I over the years, I've, I've been a food and wine writer, among other That's things. That's what I'm thinking of, yes. The food and wine but, uh, writer. But cuisine, which was print then online with the Bollywood sister site, but it was culture and entertainment. Did wow. you know that I produced uh, 250 red carpet and celebrity rock star interviews, namely A-lister. I got them two, three, four times. That's amazing. That I did not know. And every every conversation with you is a is a is a wealth of you know brand new facts. Just when you think <laughs> that's it, it just well, keeps I've been, going. Around, I've been around a while, <laughs> <laughs> and you've done so many amazing things. You've lived you know seventeen fascinating lifetimes. That portrait in my basement gets older and older. <laughs> and thank so, God, because the oh, movies get better and better. Absolutely. Thank you. Richard, I wanted to ask you this, and then we can go into more about you know um, your 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 background and all, all the varied things you've done. I mean, like 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 Mark said, it's it is incredible. You are a man of many talents, and you know uh, <laughs> this is why so, this is why we brought Richard yeah. Elfman on. <laughs> what I want to know is off the bat is what compelled you to add author to all the feathers all all the golden feathers already in your cap what what made you want to pursue writing a uh, you know pursuing a novel uh, well i've been writing as a columnist god going back forever and writing screenplays forever and with schlamazel i started it as a screenplay and i said what the fuck can i say fuck on the show oh yes. yeah absolutely <laughs> uh, 
let's do it as a novel and we can get into their heads more and use a narrator. And so I went from film to novel and then I've got two other scripts that you guys have, Dream Girl and a Trio, that were scripts that we're novelizing right now. But, you know, it's the same three-act story structure. Yeah. It's uh, when people ask me, like, how do you write screenplays? Start reading classic novels. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Yeah. And right, watching right. classic films. Says uh, the son of an English teacher. <laughs> That's uh, bl- right, to Blossom. I think we, we should dedicate this episode to Blossom. Blossom, Claire Elfman, English teacher, and went on to publish 16 novels, two Emmys, post-age 50. How do you like that? Yeah, I'm, uh, that's, the, that's, that's my trajectory. That's the one I made. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then with, with Buzzing, she was my literary and theater uh, editor. And gosh, she did all kinds of interviews. Shal- Salman Rusty, great people. Amazing. Yeah, she was an amazing lady. The 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 Elfman lineage, you know, uh, is vast. The dynasty grows. Uh, your uh, your niece Molly is a is a is a an amazing director and producer now, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so talented. Yeah. There's the, the the talent is in the very veins that courses through all Elfmans. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Am well, I pronouncing that right? Elfmans. It's <laughs> the plural. It's the plural. Oh, Health man. I was going to say, there it is. There it is. <laughs> Has to happen. Okay, what so about, the nozzle oh, comes out yeah. what November twenty fifth. You can pre order it now. It's uh, it actually might be the twenty uh, second, I believe. Oh, even sooner. Yeah. So this is uh, th- everyone's watching this on Monday. So uh, it's out tomorrow, everybody. Yeah, yeah. This is kind of uh, Fiddler on the Roof meets Fearless Vampire Killers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is, it, if I had a dime for every time someone pitched me that idea, <laughs> it's yeah. It, uh, it's it, I, I. I have to know what was the inspiration. Like, where did the idea for that story even come from? Yeah. And I don't know. I'm trying to think. It's uh, what I, was I the was entry born? point. Well. Probably when I, I was born in Watts, mm-hmm. and the only other Caucasian family on the block were these hillbillies, and their little kids, Dale and Danny, would beat me up for killing Christ, and I didn't even know who Christ was when I was like three and a half or four. <laughs> no, that's not the basis of it. It's <laughs> but we do have uh, Shlomazel is a poor young man in this little village in the Ukraine, and he's like set upon by the peasants and everyone, and he, he couldn't be more oppressed. Uh, mm. And then when he falls in love with the pretty innkeeper's young daughter, Ludmilla, things really get complicated. Beaten within an inch of his life, thrown into the snow to die, and the black coach pulls up with this beautiful lady who not just bites him on the neck, but takes out her breasts, makes a little cut, and suckles him like a little Yarmulke child. <laughs> <laughs> and that's so what I said. Yeah, and he, he gets Lamilla, goes for revenge, but he wants to change back into a human. Okay, so it's a, we've got a little bit of a story there. And it's fun. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, was laughing, I was laughing the whole time I wrote it. I, I mean, I was drunk also, but I was still laughing. <laughs> 
Well, that's what I love about about this book is it 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 definitely from the get go feels like a Richard Elfman production. I mean, it is your DNA uh, is 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 in there throughout your sense of humor. Um, you know, leaning towards the 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 bizarre. Uh, it 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 feels it's right in line with any of the films you've done. Uh, it's 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 absolutely unlike. It's unlike any vampire story I've ever read. And what I love about the humor is it's there, it's there, it's wacky, but there's also like it's it's also it's a real vampire tale. And yeah. you, you know, it's, it's you, very much a vampire story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it, it's it's <laughs> not, not trying to be a spoof or, or anything like that. It's it's you know, it it absolutely is it's just a lot of fun to read. Um I I mean, you know, Mark you know, you 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 helped read through it for for when we were in the editing process. Mm -hmm. I read I've read through it a couple of times, formatting it, and uh, mm -hmm. just always a blast. Yeah, to, it never gets. I'm so glad other people. Ten times at this point, and it never gets old. <laughs> not to mention the love triangle between uh, Shlomaza Ludmilla and the Countess. It's very complicated. Yeah. No spoilers. Well, who, are you, who are you before you were the Countess? The Count. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we hit every angle, folks. <laughs> no, it's fantastic. Uh, it, and, and yeah, it, and it uh, it delivers on you know uh, comedy. It delivers on uh, gore. It delivers on exploitation, uh, but also you know built uh, uh, using a classical framework. It's uh, it's such a fun book, and I'm I'm very excited for other people to read it. We're finally going to share. Yeah, I, I, I had too much fun with it. Um, <laughs> so, was that a process you would recommend for your fans? Uh, grabbing a bottle of, you know, vino or something, and and just uh, hammering away. Or stronger. <laughs> why? Why wine? Why are we going so low? That's a great. It's a great point. My bad. No, not for you kids, of course. Don't. Yeah, not for you kids. You know, wait. I, right. I didn't start smoking cigars till I was 13. <laughs> <laughs> I waited. <laughs> and, uh, didn't start drinking till I was 15 when I was an all, all black league and I was a, a state track champion, which helped. Uh, and my first track meet, I was given a, a case of Johnny Walker Black. Oh, yeah. There you by go. My homies, a, a brand I'm still partial to and I, I use when I'm writing. As a tool, does that uh, does that assist in uh, when uh, when you're running? Does that help? Well, after I'm running, <laughs> <laughs> so you celebrate. Well, it, it depends what you're running to or running from. That's a good point. And, and there were many of both, and there still are. <laughs> <laughs> Even at this age, uh, that's good to know that uh, that there's always something to wake up and be afraid of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I tell you what it is. Boring, off-the-shelf mediocrity. Mm, that, Unoriginal that art. Absolutely. I'm not AI. Awesome. AI's never going to replace artists doing oh, original creative stuff. The stuff that it might replace should be replaced anyway because it's off the, off, the sh off the rack. I don't mean off the yeah. shelf. Like off the rack, off the rack. We want originality. Yeah. 
And this is exactly what we've delivered. For everyone that's ever watched Fiddler on the Roof and thought, it's it's good, but where are all the vampires? Yeah. We're yeah. finally there. It is. So here's the well, here's the well, cover for our, our our people watching the YouTube. I, I it should be uh straightforward it should be not mirrored i don't know if it is i apologize but i did want to talk about your brilliant artist uh speaking of ai can never replace artists i mean this cover th this cover when i saw it my jaw hit the floor is gorgeous and um uh I, i'm gonna butcher yannick's name and yeah, as with any Richard Elfman, uh, contemporary Richard Elfman production, it stars uh, Bodie Elfman, as you can see on the cover. <laughs> well, he was, but, uh, I was thinking of him as a schlamazel. <laughs> <laughs> it's just what I think well, of when I think of Schlamazel in Yiddish is a guy that shit always happens to. Yeah, it's a it's a guy it's a guy uh, that's uh, always set upon, right? Uh, born under a bad well, sign. Shlemiel and a Shlemazel. like Shlemiel, which is Shlemazel's brother, falls off the roof and lands on Shlemazel. So that's kind of the relationship between Shlemiel and Shlemazel. <laughs> I'm gonna mute my cat. Is being oh, you're fine. So I, I wanted to ask you, uh, Richard, about working with with Yannick uh, Bouchard. I, Bouchard, did I pronounce his last name correctly? Yannick Bouchard. Bouchard. He, ah, there you go. French Canadian uh, does all my covers. Does all my film art. Yeah, guys. And that was like, and that was like a non-negotiable when we were we were first talking about the book and the cover. It was like it had to be Yannick, and I see why because um, his his attention to detail and like. I've been, I've, I've been following his Instagram and the stuff that he's working on is just absolutely incredible because, um, I mean, you just want to grab the paint, the, the painting, uh, my hands are well, in I, I, I'm running <laughs> his so campaign. Uh, don't panic. Call Yannick. There you go. <laughs> when did, no, no, when no, did you meet Yannick? Is brilliant. <laughs> he lives in a, a little town in eastern Canada. I, I've never met him, but I think he's done like six films and covers for me now. Yeah. Wow. When did, he did you Bloody meet Bridget, him? Right? Like, yeah. Pardon me? He did Bloody Bridget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's done uh, the, the new Forbidden Zone. He's done Aliens, Clowns, and Geeks. There were some older films of mine that he did the covers of that I had nothing to do with. And that's how I found him. Like oh. uh, modern vampires. He did the cover. Really? Okay. I said, Boy, who did the cover? Well, this Eastern Canadian guy, Yannick Usar, yeah. and uh, hooked me up, man. But anyway, uh, the cover is important, but what's un in between the covers, maybe even a little more important. <laughs> Absolutely. Or under the covers, but we won't go there. I right. You may. Or maybe we will. <laughs> Honey. <laughs> this this podcast has known to get saucy. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's off the table. Nothing. Nothing at all. <laughs> so let's. So I want to talk about the Forbidden Zone novelization a little bit in in a second. I I talked. Josh was on before. Uh, you know, a couple weeks back and we talked about that, but I want to get your perspective. But um, before we go there, I want to just kind of delve back. You know, when did you realize that you wanted to be a storyteller with all the things that you've done 
Um, it, it seems like storytelling, filmmaking, writing is, is just is always is a, is a constant. Um, when did you first realize that this is something that I'm going to do the rest of my life? Well, I, I started off, it was music since I was 15. I, I've been an Afro-Latin percussionist. God, and then I, I was in San Francisco and I was taking this thing called the Nocturnal Dream Show. And there was a group called the Coquettes, spelled C-O-C-K-E-T-T-E-S, <laughs> largely a drag troupe. But uh, they reprised old musicals, and I was exposed to Max Fleischer and oh. Duke Ellington and Cab Calloway and all these things. And then a month or two later, I was directing them and performing in a dress. Not, I'm not beautiful. There was no attempt of beauty. <laughs> but uh, I, mean... I, I had an Eric Satie piece, and I'd be in a rocking chair, and I'd get up and disembowel the piano player. It was a very poignant <laughs> act. And then, uh, God, I was invited into a French theater company uh, and then wanted my own group and then created Mystic Nights of the Oingo Boingo, which became Oingo Boingo. Mm -hmm. That was going to be one of my questions. If you could explain to the layman what the difference is between the Mystic Nights of Oingo Boingo versus Oingo Boingo proper. Well, the Mystic Nights of the Oingo Boingo, I, I would call it a Commedia dell'arte troupe with 12 members where we did a comedy and, and bizarre plays and dance with music. And then it started to, it, it was impractical to tour. And then kind of just life was bending it into an eight piece rock group. So I wanted to capture on film what I was doing on stage. And that's really what Forbidden Zone is, was my Mystic Nights of the Oingo Boingo stage show. Mm. So that's well, sort of your heart right? night. Pardon me? That's that's sort of the the Oingo Boingo version of of a hard day's night. Yes, <laughs> that's fantastic. That I did not know. Uh, but the uh, between the, both troops, uh, the the Commedia dell'arte and uh, and the band, uh, we know a lot of names that uh, have have continued to show up in your work, like Matthew Bright. Yeah, he. Uh, by the way, living in Chiapas, Mexico got a kid in the Amazon in Brazil that he goes to visit. A very typical life. Right. Um, I, I'll see him maybe once a year. We can all relate. <laughs> he's, a, yeah. he's a hard man to get a hold of. We, uh, we want to publish a book by him. Yeah, and, he, uh, he wrote a, a balls to the wall, so good. Uh, international you know, drug cartel horror thriller called uh, Trego Me 45. Well, maybe, you know, it pinged me and I'll, I'll bug the guy. <laughs> he went to high school with Danny, my brother. Really? Uh, you know, so I've known him a while. Uh, but, uh, God, what, what a <laughs> fascinating guy, Matthew Bright. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it. No, there's, uh, there, and you guys have worked together several times, right? More than several times. As, as a matter of fact, in the new film, there's this... Uh, I, I've got these two little people, Daniel Dershowitz and Daniel Dershowitz Jr., who are attorneys. And they're the attorney for Bridget O'Brien in her trial with the devil. So it's the <laughs> devil and Daniel Dershowitz. And at one point, she has this uh, mute friend, Pepe. He, he's down there in hell, and he has to work on a laptop that makes like a voice come out. So there was one thing where he goes like, Please, Mr. Devil, it's not for me. I'm pleading. If you help Bridget and her friends, I'll give you what you're needing. 
which is a line from Forbidden Zone, but I had Matthew Bright do it in his voice. So it's kind of like a little Easter egg for Forbidden Zone fans that I have in Bloody Bridget. That's fantastic. Wow, that's really fun. Yeah. Keep your eyes peeled for that, folks. And when will people be able to see Bloody Bridget? By the way, we keep we keep mentioning it. Well, here's the thing. It's uh it's so hard to make an independent film, let alone a different one. It's mm -hmm. like endless meetings, they fall through, there's lenders, the lenders are upset. You've got to get a lender to pay the lender to pay the lender. So Anastasia and I just said, fuck it. Uh, we upped the mortgage, up the credit card limits, and shot the damn thing. So it's a total guerrilla operation. It's turned out great. We've been in 12 festivals so far. We've won four. We've got another dozen coming up. Uh, so right now we're just doing festivals, and Anastasia and I create live pre-shows at most of the festivals. Uh, she performs burlesque and lists local talent. I put a band together with local musicians we bring the fucking house down, then play the film. Uh, so it, it's not in normal distribution yet in, until the festival thing is played out. Yeah. You know, probably next spring or something, you know, we'll do a commercial release. But people can, is there a, is there a website where people can check the, the, the festival schedule? We're on social media a lot promoting. Okay. okay. Like Facebook and Instagram. But, uh, Got so in, follow in, Richard and Anastasia on social media, and and you can see where. Dahlia Demont. But but we've got almost back to back performances in Portland, New York, San Francisco, Las Vegas. Plus our band Mambo Diabolico will be playing in Los Angeles December third. And is, uh, is Ego in Mondo Diabolico? Pardon me. Is Ego in Mondo Diabolico? Yeah, he's the band leader and composes Ego most Plum. of the music. Ego Plum, that's right. He does my movie scores with my brother Danny Elfman. That's amazing. So, you know, he, when, he, when he's not doing uh, the new Mickey Mouse, when he's not working, you know, for mega conglomerates like Disney, he goes over and uh, makes, you know, better movies. <laughs> well, that's what I've been doing. It's... Uh, I'm developing animated shows, both for kids and adults right now. And Ego and Danny have started doing the music for the first two shows. But more no about way. that one later. Breaking news. Fantastic. Breaking you news, heard it yeah. here first, folks. That's really fun. I'm and very happy. For the, for the viewers, we have Bloody Bridget, uh, the website right down there in the corner. You can see it. But I'll have all the links to all that in the show notes. Yeah, Bloody you Bridget is, it, it's fun, it's sexy, it's bloody, and above all, it's entertaining. And it's hilarious. It's uh, hilarious. And it, it's, a, it's a passion project, you know? It's uh, like you said, it's independent, it's different, uh, and it's completely made outside, you know, the establishment. Mm -hmm. uh, this, is, this is you telling the story you want to tell the way you want to tell it. Yeah, great, so I've got like no one to contend with. You know, do this, do that, take a shitty deal, uh, yeah. you know, cut out this part. The only thing we cut out are the hearts of victims who deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> Bridget is right a time vampire. That is fantastic. Fucking blood only whets her appetite. She has to eat their beating hearts. I mean, of course. I mean, why not? You mentioned. Uh, <laughs> We were going to do a little bit of that, that dark delicacy, but they didn't want us to get blood all over the floor. 
So uh, you know. if you're in Los Angeles, November 25th, Dark Delicacies Burbank, uh, we're gonna have a book signing with Josh Milliken doing the Forbidden Zone novelization, Shamazel of Sabrium, and we're gonna bring some band members and do a little music first. Maybe I'll even read something from the book. It'll be a if celebration. The violin, if the violin player shows up. Yeah, that I die. Yeah, that I die. Cameo appearance by uh, Tarafta Hajduk. Yeah, yeah. By the way, I've got a local group for our audio book that sound just like Tarafta Hajduk. Really? There we go. Yeah, oh, yeah. This now, we're going to give it up. Uh, uh, Danny's helping me with a little musical soundtrack for our audio book. Yes, oh, there man. will be an audio book, folks. Yeah, oh, uh, and, and, and we've got some interesting names who are going to be voices that I can't d disclose yet, but you're going to be but, quite pleased with some of the names we're going to have as voices. It's going to be really, really fun. Uh, and you, so I wanted to dive. Uh, you, you, I found a segue. You had mentioned uh, working on family entertainment, but this would not be your first foray into family entertainment. Is that correct? Well, I did a ABC comedy horror series, Bone Chillers. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. I, that that was fun. It, it just went for a season. It actually yeah. did well. It was killed by poli network politics, which is yeah. something else. But uh, I, had, I did that with Adam Rivkin. That was a, a fun was series. Uh, Howard Wexler, who's my DP today, yeah, last two films, uh, was the DP on Bone Chillers. So you uh, you find people you like to work with, and then you you uh, bring them with you everywhere you go. That's right. That's fantastic. Uh, that's kind of that's kind of how we work, Mark. Yeah, tenacity and loyalty—two things you rarely find in this town. You know, so uh, <laughs> it's one of the reasons. It's two of the reasons we love you so much. Um, well, the love is mutual, gentlemen. Oh, well, thank you, sir, Richard. You're the best. Uh, but uh, Bone Chillers was so much fun. Uh, I, I, I would I would kill for a Bone Chiller story. Are we, can can we get a Bone Chiller story on the <laughs> air? Is that? Yeah, yeah, I've got a good one. So. Uh, <laughs> So it, it, it's ABC TV, and uh, sometimes they'd spring like uh, personalities and celebrities at the last minute. So I've got Vincent Schiavelli. He was in Ghost. God, he was, uh, he's this very unusual face, but he was also an Italian chef and food connoisseur with a, a food book from oh, his wow. native Sicily. So I didn't know till the night before that I've got him and I've got to dump a 12 gallons of chocolate on him, then walk him across the lot for the blue screen shots. So I've got to spring that on him. Okay. So Stanislavski <laughs> had his methods. Richard Elfman has his methods. Mm, so mm -hmm. we're there on the set and I'm going, okay, Vincent, I'm going to have to put 12 gallons of chocolate on you. And you're going to be in it for about an hour before you get to shower. Uh, I, I know you've got this cookbook and here's the village that your family comes from. I snap my fingers and my son comes out. Uh, these, this is the cheese and saucisson from your village. If you could just tell me how this tastes. And he's kind of a little curious. Boy, that's probably making you thirsty. You were born in 48. Can someone get me a 1948 Barolo? Snap my fingers. Now, the, now he's got a big smile. 
this thing cost me my, I think half my salary that week. <laughs> okay, so now he's getting in a better mood. Okay, so here's the Richard Elfman method of directing. I wanna know how the wine tastes before and after the chocolate hits you. So now he's had a glass and he, had, he offers one to me and I look to the ABC execs and I go, of course not, I don't allow alcohol in the set. So <laughs> that's a bone chiller story. <laughs> that's fantastic this yeah is, this is better than i hoped for wow. <laughs> i mean that's a great way to keep your uh to keep your your cast happy well i i cook for my cast and crew at the end of every mm -hmm. week and then when we wrap we don't just uh cook for them we put on a show and you've been doing that as far back as bone chillers bone chillers i cooked for them but i didn't put on the show but I, I would have I would have my barbecue grills at the end of every week. Wow, that's so fun! And how did you uh, how do you know Adam? God, we had the same manager at one point, and uh, yeah, he was the one that created Bone Chillers. Very yeah. talented guy. Yeah, fascinating. Uh, he's he's one of those you know Forrest Gump types that's uh, just he's like ev everywhere he whatever significant you know movement happened he was always there he was always there somewhere. Henry Rollins tells this hilarious Adam Rifkin story you know it's like uh, so I, I I just I, I had to know what the cross what the Venn diagram was there. But uh. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Was a fun. I was, but anyway, it was a fun, fun little adventure. And then from there, uh, you uh, you shot you you shot things in Vegas. That well, was after Bone Chillers, yeah. And uh, Mahat McCain Sumatra shot the other. Apparently, right. That's what I. <laughs> <laughs> It, this it was, was my understanding. It, it was a, one of them is my version, and then there was another one that it got hack attacked. So I oh I, really? I use very pseudonyms. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Sumatra, of course, being from Shrunken Heads. Lieutenant Colonel Aristide Lafitte Pierre Lamatra of the Tantan Makut retired. That's right. <laughs> that was a Matthew Bright script. Shrunken heads. There we go. Let's see the, the the crossover continues. Yeah. Uh, and and I'm sure you know uh, everybody watching this is a shrunken heads fan. I would uh, I would I would bet I would bet the you know the house I would bet the farm on it as they say. Uh, <laughs> not I, exactly the film I I wanted to make. Right. But it's still a fun little film. It's still a fun it little is, film. It's really fun. It's uh, again you know a very very cliche uh, plot line. Course, a uh, story you've heard a thousand times about a bunch of kids that get murdered and turned into, uh, uh, you know, sentient shrunken heads that can fly. Oh, yeah, very typical. Yeah, that trope again. That whole story again. That old trope. Well, it only gets complicated because Tommy is still in love with Sally. Sally, <laughs> Sally. Oh my God, Tommy, what happened? Sally, will you embrace me? But and how, Tommy? I was going to say, they do consummate their relationship, do they not? <laughs> it was very, a very poignant moment. Absolutely. 
Uh, Probably really close to you. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, one of the most erotic uh, scenes in cinema history. Uh, oh, yeah. Often, yeah. often discussed. Uh, you know, uh, I'm, I, I know you, you had your, uh, you know, your frustrations with that film, but it is, it is widely loved. I, uh, I, I can tell you as, as a, uh, as a lover of shrunken heads, uh, I have met, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of fellow, uh, shrunken head, uh, apologists and, uh, it's really, <laughs> it, it definitely, it, you know, it has, it has its fan base. Well, believe it or not, we were all prepped. It's kind of like uh, going back to like the 50s or something, some East Coast working class neighborhood where three generations live within three blocks, you know, very East Coast, whatever. So at the last minute, they sent me to Romania to shoot it, which didn't work out, of course. But mm -hmm. boy, did I hear great gypsy music. <laughs> That's what's important. You got, yeah, you yeah. got the local flavor. Did you have we, any wine? We ended a bit. We ended back on the New York streets of the Paramount backlot where we started, but that that's an, another adventure altogether. New York by <laughs> way of Romania, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you had to replace Sumatra. Is that right? Pardon me. You had to replace uh, the uh, the actor playing Sumatra. God, we had uh, Screaming Jay Hawkins. That and was I was going to use his. I was going to use his theme. Bump, 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 bump. You know, like, uh, oh, I got a spell on you. But he uh, he was a good guy, but a little problem, like, memorizing the lines and stuff. And uh, the producers replaced him, told yeah. me after the fact. Oh, really? But, uh, that I didn't know. I, I mean, the guy, I mean, the replacement was fine. God, what's his name from James Bond? I, yeah, he's great. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he was good. He was good. So it, it worked out. It worked out. That's fascinating. My daughter loves screaming Jay Hawkins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, met with him in Paris, brought him over, but they fired him on day three and kind of broke. Oh, my that's heart. a shame. So yeah, so one at, the the beginning of one of many frustrations. <laughs> yeah, although uh, bloody Bridget, we didn't have those kind of frustrations. Exactly, because because uh, you did it yourself. You maxed out the credit cards and you did it yourself. Damn straight, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Next time I max out the credit card, buy those books. Life. Look, this is buy those books, kids. <laughs> buy those books. <laughs> buy a hundred books. I'll autograph them. I'll autograph every one of them. Christmas is around the corner. They're great stocking stuffers. Absolutely. Let's uh, just let's uh, tell a little bit. One of our shows was just in Texas, and I, I had too much to drink during the Q and I, and I, I said I'd autograph anything. And was given <laughs> four asses to sign, not to my mm. wife's delight, <laughs> but to the delight of uh, of your listeners. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I'm not going to do with that again. I mean, you had to sign them. It would have been rude not to, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> John, that's you a decision I probably won't have to. To, to make uh, in, in my line of work right now, but um, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> so we, so we are like, like you mentioned, we are going to be doing the, the, the signing um, the 25th at, at Dark Dell. And, um, you know, we'll be 
you'll have your book there uh, as uh, Shlomizel of Sabrium. <laughs> with uh, Joshua, that. with the novelization. With Joshua for, for Vinzone. Which I, I will sign as well. And uh, yes. Anastasia will be there with a few of the band members uh, doing a little bit of music, and I might read a little from the book. So I wanted to ask you about the the Forbidden Zone novelization because when when Josh pitched it to me, I was like, "How are we going? How are you going to novelize this? You know, because um, it's in in my brain. You know, I was just like, I I, I just don't know. It's such a such a visual film, or such a uh, you know, just a bizarre fever dream of a film. But he he managed to to figure to crack the code and figure it out. I wanted to to ask you about your thoughts about seeing Forbidden Zone, or Forbidden Forbidden Zone, Forbidden Zone uh, novelized in a book form, um, well, as opposed to what you originally intended with the film back in the day. Josh and I were friends. I was a fan of his writing. He was an editor and top reviewer for Dread Central, so I was already a fan. I mean, the guy's a pro as a writer, yeah. knows what he's doing. So I had complete faith in him. I told him, don't worry about having every little, you know, if the guy gets up from the chair and walks to the door, whatever, yeah. just have fun with it, go crazy. And he, he does a great job. Yeah. He, he does inject his, you know, and what I like, I like, what I like a lot of authors to do with novelizations, they do, in, if they can inject themselves and their, you know, kind of their vibes and their style into the story and really, you know, try to make it as much of their book as a tribute to the film. I think when that, when that gels together, I think you got something very special. Yeah. Um, I, I so think it's just carte blanche. I mean, the guy's got talent. He knows what he's doing. Josh is a great writer. Yeah. yeah I'm so happy with how it turned out. And, um, and you, you, we, you know, we'll have, we'll have plenty with, uh, with your signature and Josh's signature on there. I'm very excited to, to, to be a part of that, so it, it should be very, very good. November twenty fifth. People in Los Angeles or near Los Angeles, for those that might fly in, swim across the border. However, you get there, yeah. it's okay. Run, get there. It's gonna be good. Yeah, we welcome you. <laughs> we'll see you there. Mark, did you have any any questions about? the Forbidden Zone novelization or anything like that or anything else? People would actually be interested to hear uh, a bit about the process because you and Josh worked pretty closely together on that, right? It wasn't, uh, like you said, you know, there was the the, the foundation of your pre-existing uh, relationship uh, and and you were really involved in it. It wasn't just a, okay, go and, you know, I I approve whatever. You were, uh, you were very hands-on, right? Uh, yes and no. It's uh, he knew the film backwards and forwards. Yeah. And I just said, go have fun. You, you know, it's, a, I mean, I've got my scotch. He's uh, very open about his enjoyment of, of marijuana. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know, no just, secret. yeah, yeah. I said, Josh, get stoned, have a fever dream, and it'll come out right. And he does a great job. Uh, no, I didn't micromanage him, didn't need to. The guy's too talented. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, but there, but there were, uh, I was, I was privy to some, some back and forth sessions where, you know, you would read drafts and, uh, and, and you were, it was, you weren't giving notes, but you were sort of, 
as the you know the the David Lynch to uh, to this eraser head, you were uh, perhaps shedding light on you know certain portions and what those yeah. might mean in a literary sense. Yeah, we shed our eraser head light in a literary sense. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> There it is. That's the quote of the go. episode. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I love. I do love the fact, you know, <laughs> as as with Schlemiesel and Forbidden Zone, and with the other things you're working on, like you said, with you know taking a script, um, which is a very different form of kind of getting a story down, and being able to you know add in you know motivations, internal dialogues, um, internal motivations, really enriches a story, and that's something you can't necessarily do i mean it's, it's a different way of doing it in film and yeah, I, I found um, it very refreshing to have that yeah you know i can i can go as deep in the head as i want mm -hmm. did you find that to be like more freeing as you were as, as opposed to sitting down oh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna write a script uh you know here's here's all this and you have internal well, motivations no, you can put that in there much but more freeing, much more freeing because with yeah. the script i'm always thinking about the budget how to shoot it yeah all of those factors with a novel, you just write mm -hmm. whatever yeah, comes out of the feverish elfo brain. You just write. <laughs> and I think it's good because people get to, uh, you, like they get to enjoy your prose, uh, which mm -hmm. is very, very funny. And I, it made me wonder if, you know, perhaps there there's stuff on the, on the page of your screenplays, scene direction, uh, action descriptions, what have you, that are, you know, equally hilarious, but people don't get to see that because, uh, you know, they're watching the movie. Well, not scripts that I'm doing for myself, but scripts that I'm submitting. Uh, you know, after I have the script, I'll take another pass for, call it readability. Things mm -hmm. that are never going to be seen on the screen, but, you know, going with some like left brain type that's just business, whatever, to right. make it an entertaining read. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, that, that is a factor, you know, in terms of the salability of a project. Certainly. Uh, and I think that's part of the fun of, you know, getting to read uh, getting to read your prose is uh, mm -hmm. you, you you write for that, uh, you know, every it's. The, every sentence uh, is its own uh, sort of delight. It's really, it's well, a. Thank it's you. Well, I, I was a columnist for 30 years, you know, so. Uh, <laughs> so you know what <laughs> you put in the 10,000 hours. Yeah. yeah, I put in my hours. I put in my hours. But, but I, I love to write. I love to write. Do you yeah. happen to have an example, say, like from when Schlemiesel was uh, a script form and then go, translating it into novel form? Do you have an example of, say, a character motivation or something that jumps out as like, it was this way on the script, but you were able to expand it more, you know? No, that, I, I, just going back, I never finished it as a script. Okay. Right, I started right. as a script, and I said, no, let's do a novel. Uh, okay. Dream Girl and Trio are scripts that were novelizing, but that was a little different. But Schlamazel, I, I started writing a screenplay and said, screw it, let's just write a novel. Okay, because you were already just like, there's just this would just be better, better as a novel. There's, there's just so much, much going here. on. <laughs> Boy, does he give it to those town folks? <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does. Read the book, and you'll find out what he means when he reveals for the first time with the inn, where he goes ah and shows the fangs. 
and he goes, boo, the Jew. And they all knew it anyway. And the peasants are like diving out through windows. <laughs> and that Ludmilla is going, do all Jewish men grow the fangs when they approach manhood? No, 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 honey. It's not, not all of them. <laughs> anyway. This is what I'm saying. Every page, every page yes. made me laugh out loud. Yeah. And what I love is you were able to uh, to provide a little, you know, because there's 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 use of uh, Yiddish words in there, uh, and you were able to provide little uh, at the end of each chapter. I was trying to get them onto the page with the footnotes, but it was kind of screwing some formatting up. So at the end of each chapter, you'll get a little lesson on, you know, what what some of these words mean, um, which was just it just adds another element to it, especially the, the setting, you know, it being in Ukraine. And um, was there anything specific? specifically that really kind of ties you into like why you wanted to bring that kind of time period and, 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 uh, and culture in, into the story. Was it a direct reaction or, uh, uh, directly because of like fiddle on the roof or was there, was there anything else? What, what kind well, of, it's, brought uh, that? I'm kind of an amateur, amateur musicologist. And, um, one of the things that gave forbidden zone its legs, so to speak, it's more popular now, after 43 years and when it came out mm -hmm. is it has memorable music. And mm -hmm. here's how I define serviceable music. Chicago was a great play, a great film, but by the time you leave the theater and get to your car, you can't remember the tunes other than maybe all that jazz or something because the music is serviceable. It services the vehicle, but it's not memorable. Fiddler on the Roof had memorable music. Wizard of Oz, mm -hmm. memorable music. West Side Story, memorable music. You take it for life. And Danny Elfman ain't bad for the pieces between the 12 musical numbers. You could do so, worse. Uh, <laughs> so I was actually listening to Tarafta Hyde Duke, a lot of the gypsy music that the gypsies tracked along with the Jews for a couple centuries in Eastern and Central Europe. And a, a lot of the melodic lines are the same one to the other. One is speaking Yiddish, the other, believe it or not, the gypsies speak uh, Sanskrit. They left India, mm. Rajasthan in the 11th century. So uh, I think I was listening to Tarafta High Duke to some of the gypsy music. And then I had my third scotch, second cigar, and then wrote the novel. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we go. Oh, oh, man. I would that I would literally be dead after two cigars <laughs> and three scotches. It's amazing. <laughs> but uh well it's it it is a fantastic it's a the, the book's fantastic. It's it's so much fun. Uh really to me, you know, with, with everything that I've that I've read, um it's it, it's very cinematic. You can just you can just really see every scene as you're reading it in your head of it's 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 a it's a nice quick read, um, and you know I, I just think it's, it, it is something really special about it, and I'm I'm glad I'm I'm really hoping people kind of latch onto it like we did because, yeah, like like Mark said, I haven't had that much fun with the book, um, you know, when I was reading it in in, in a while, and mm -hmm. it's just uh, it's clever, it's uh, doesn't doesn't skimp out on on anything. Like I said, it feels it's very it's it's Richard Elfmany. It's a, it's, you know, <laughs> what genre is it? It's Richard Elfmany. That's all I can tell you. If you're, if you're familiar People with that word. Zombies in it. Yeah, I mean, I know. So as I say, it has everything. <laughs> Vampires, it has beautiful women. The undead, I mean. The hot new uh, adjective. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, 
and the rat. But we'll tell you about yes. that one. And we'll the rat. Say, we'll say that as a surprise. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I mean, you can just you can you can teenage grab it from us over. Rabbi. <laughs> <laughs> the teenage mutant ninja rabbi. That's the spinoff. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. I mean, I I immediately was like like imagining him as 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 a splinter, but not from the new Ninja Turtle stuff from the original film. Like not not the cartoon, but the uh, the the eighty like what was it eighty eight or something? The film of that. That, that was not that. The rat. I, was like, I gotta say, there was a little bit of inspiration there. <laughs> well, it's, it's there it's great um, we have a few minutes left here um but i and i i'm gonna put the i'm gonna put the website back on the screen so you can go right down there at the bottom encyclopocalypse.com you can grab the book there um Shlomizel of Sabrium is available everywhere uh, that sells books barnes and noble amazon <laughs> go to your local bookstore and demand it they can get it in there um bookshop.org uh, has it so it's available. Uh, you can grab it anywhere that you can grab your books. But uh, I, I did want to close out. Come to Dark Delicacies in Burbank, Saturday, November 25th. Hear me yep. read a little bit, and I'll be there with Josh Milliken, him and me, signing uh, Forbidden Zone, the novelization, and the Schlamazel of Supreme. Absolutely. Matt, but it wouldn't, be, uh, it wouldn't be a Richard Elfman show if we didn't talk a little more about food. And, you know, when, when we were, when Josh and I talked about this last time, but it's, you know, when, when we were, you were, you know, um, uh, cooking for us in, in your, your beautiful home. And I was shocked. I didn't realize you were going to be actually working with the coals the way you were. I mean, putting the meat right on the coals and everything. And uh, oh, I wanted to just talk, what, what, what was, What's your experience with that primitive fire cooking? What draws you to that? Because that's a whole other level of cooking. I mean, I'll, I'll slap some steaks on a grill, but I mean, this is like <laughs> next level stuff. I don't know. I think I've got a lot of Neanderthal DNA. <laughs> <laughs> but well, there is simple answer. I mean, we covered the amazing, uh, the amazing chef skills. We've covered the amazing musical skills, the writing skills, uh, rack on tour. Uh, there's no one, no one quite like Richard. Um, I just want to know. Proof is in the pudding. <laughs> We also, uh, now I've completely lost where I was uh, I just want to know. Oh, yeah. No, that was it. We also, you know, have cemented uh, very, very, I think, great advice for any struggling writers out there. Uh, grab your scotch, grab your uh, your favorite, you know, strain. Uh, do do what it do what it takes to get yourself into a into a different state. And, Start by uh, reading classics. Start by reading classics. So you get a sense of story structure. Uh, you know, and, and everything else. But you, you, you've got a little foundation. Yeah, foundation is important. The one I always point to is... is, uh, is my, my mother, the English teacher in heaven, is I'm channeling her right now. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Read the classics. <laughs> always read the classics. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Wes Craven knew that. That's why uh, The Last House on the Left is, uh, is a, you know, a, a rape revenge horror remake of a Bergman film. 
Uh, mm. Always study the classics. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I think the, the last thing I want to know is what are you reading? What are you watching these days, Richard? Yeah. What, uh, what would you recommend? God, Anastasia, what are we watching? Uh, <laughs> we like supernatural horror. Yes. Uh, I'm watching a lot of animation because I'm writing that stuff. What have we watched? Like late night British mysteries? Yeah, what we do in the shadows. What we do in the shadows. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, Endeavor is yes. a great British show. Oh, White Lotus. White Lotus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. White Lotus is great. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, you know, and then awesome. you know we, you know we 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 like horror films. Uh, believe it or not, um, Anastasia grew up with silent films. Her birthday, April first, is the same as Lon Chaney Senior, and wow. so she and my daughter, who's turning sixteen, have been watching Lon Chaney silent classics, uh, and. Uh, yeah, classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and we actually went to his gravesite on Anastasia's birthday this year. Wow. Oh wow. That's a hell of a birthday celebration. I, <laughs> I mean, another thing I tell filmmakers is watch the classics, because not all of yeah. them do these days. Watch the yeah. classics. Right. And and you know, they think the classics are uh anything made from nineteen eighty on. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. Go back a little bit further. Uh, yeah. that's yeah. I would say I was, bring up the bring up the website one more time. Website, we got so bloodybridget.com. Go there. And, and look, look for Richard Elfman, Anastasia Elfman, Dahlia Dumont on uh, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, yep. you know we're there. Check yep. out and the, go see Bloody Bridget. Yeah, come to Dark Dell. Uh, all that information will be in the text below the video or below the podcast you're listening to. All the links, all the information. Click the links uh, if there's anything you're interested in and, uh, you know, buy some books. Go see some Richard Elfman movies. You will not be disappointed. And, and for $10,000, Anastasia and I will come home with you and read and act out the book. <laughs> there you go. That sounds like a deal. That's a steal. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's a steal, everybody. <laughs> I can't imagine you won't have any takers. Thank you, oh, Richard. Man, that's Thank great. you for your time. Uh, thank you. It's Cyclopod! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and thank you all for uh, watching and listening. We will talk to all of you next time. Hopefully me and Mark and just, uh, we'll sit down and, and shoot the shit. That'd be good to give everyone a little history one of, of, of Lubbershire. One of these days it'll, our schedules will crash. We'll, uh, Absolutely. Our schedule will crash together. Richard, thank you so much, good sir. And uh, everyone, we'll talk to you next time. Thank you.